to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back on the block here on 93.7 The Ticket. We're hanging out on a Tuesday and uh, a fun Tuesday as we have Shootout with Strick coming up next here in the next segment. Uh, also, uh, Sean Callen of Husker Online will, uh, I mean, there's a lot going on in Husker sports, so uh, we'll catch up with him. Uh, one of the best uh, sources to kind of get through uh, the best knowledge there for that. So we're looking forward to that. But for now, we're uh, ready to hit the hardwood. There's plenty to go through about the NBA. Unfortunately, the conference finals uh, not quite as exciting as the previous uh, playoffs, I suppose. Although the, the, play, the playoffs have been kind of chalky to begin with. So uh, it's kind of interesting how the NBA playoffs have gone this year. I saw somebody tweet out, um, you know, just kind of the NFL playoffs and how good every one of those games was and say, you know, that's why we, uh, we can't take these things for granted because the NFL playoffs last year was just awesome. Every game was like down to the last minute and all that stuff. And uh, so far this, uh, obviously the Warriors um, were blown out once by the Grizzlies. And now they're, they're kind of returning the favor here on the Mavs uh, more often than not in the heat and Celtics uh, can't defi- decide which team's better. But when, you know, whoever's night it is, it is that team tonight because they are going off. Uh, the Celtics do that once again to the heat last night. Um, no Tyler hero, but Victor Oladipo stepped up kind of as that scoring roll off the bench. What happened to the Heat last night? Why was there another blowout in this series, Strick? I mean, I think it goes back to, well, there's a few things in this specific. Uh, Boston is now 5-0 in postseason following a loss. So I knew they were going to come out. They're at home. Um, the, the atmosphere is always great. Um, you've got to think that T- Tatum in his maturity has has shown just great abilities to bounce back from bad games. I mean, it's happened throughout the, the multiple series that they played. And uh, so for him to come out and get 31 in this game, uh, he jumped out to a 26-4 lead early, um, and they handled business throughout. It was never really close. Um, this is a game that's, that's just tough to do. You, I mean, it's tough to bury yourself that early. You want to just – try to minimize runs, even if they try to get out to a next run on because over the first 12 minutes of that, that first quarter, they were down <laughs> basically 39-18. Yeah. You can get back in it. You got to chip away. But when you're shooting as bad as they they shot that night, um, that's that's just tough to, to get back. Here's why. You know, Jimmy Butler returns. I don't know if it was the injury. I don't know what the situation is with him, but he only had six points. Cal Lowry who also is coming back, could be fatigued uh, because he'd been out so long. Sometimes that can kind of weigh on you, you know, having such a short turnaround. Um, and he only had three points. P.J. Tucker, I think, also has been battling it. It just seems to be the uh, the injured, you know, uh, um, the ambulance squad, basically, on both <laughs> sides of the ball with yeah. these teams. But P.J. Tucker ends up with no points. Max Struss. Um, who has been playing very well. He ha- ends up with no points. And Bam Adebayo, who just went nuts, you know, with over 30 the last game, and he ends up with only nine points. So they had a combined shooting of seven for 36. When that's your starting lineup, you can understand that, you know, maybe a few of them just had a bad night or whatever the case may be. And then you have some step up like Oladipo did. 
and you're able to kind of stay in the game. But seven for 36 combined between their starters, that's not going to get it done. Yeah. And uh, I think Eric Spolstra, you know, acknowledged that. And he just felt they got outplayed that night. And it happens. It's part of the game. 2-2. So it's still it's still a good series. Yeah, 18 total points from the starting team last night in uh, of the Miami Heat. And I think it was like – I uh, just watching the game. It took him forever. Like the we talk about it, it being infectious for you once you start hitting threes, and then your teammates start hitting threes, and you got confidence in your next shot. It's the complete opposite for Miami last night. They couldn't even hit both their free throws when they went to the line. They had like one point with uh, maybe like five or six minutes left in the first quarter. I mean, it took forever for them to get going, and that's just like I'm gonna be you know obviously like almost pretty nervous. Usually the first, even if you get a pretty good lead in the NBA, especially nowadays, hit a couple threes, you'll be right back in the game. But this series, I'm gonna be pretty nervous if uh, the Celtics fall behind as a Celtics fan uh, or if I'm a Heat fan, whatever. If one team falls behind in the first quarter because that's just it's been death to them so far in this series. Uh, like you said, uh, you know Tatum kind of bounced back. Jalen Brown uh, didn't have his best game, but that can kind of sometimes be hidden in a win. Um, Marcus Smart didn't play. Robert Williams was back, and, and was that the difference for Bam Adebayo? Is that Robert Williams uh, being back because Bam? He has he, he's he, like he like this he, a lot of his game uh, revolves around confidence because we saw in their bubble run he was like a key factor he was like their by far their second best player um, and they would yeah. go to him often and now if it, we saw that in game three but then you know just to take five shots last night they they need more out of him yeah yeah I would have to agree I don't know if it was you know um, Williams who actually you know Robert Williams the third who actually was that deciding factor. I mean, he, he really only, he didn't even get 20 minutes in the game, but maybe it was a 20 solid, right? Horford is still a very good defender. Um, I think they maybe just didn't go, go to him or he just wasn't as aggressive. I think I found it pretty interesting with stress, you know, uh, Max stress struggling a little bit, uh, his minutes dropped, but then Duncan Robinson fills in the void who hasn't been playing throughout all these series uh, comes in and has a solid game for them. Um, but you saw a really, really aggressive Jason Tatum in this game. He was attacking because normally the you know throughout this series, Boston's been shooting quite well from the three, um, but they didn't shoot very well from the two or the three. Twenty three percent, twenty four percent from three, and not even forty percent from two. But they, but but Jason Tatum had fourteen for 88 percent from the free throw line. So he was extremely aggressive and that, that, that doesn't allow you as a team to get back into games when you're, when you're, you're the games, the flow, all of that is being stopped uh, when you're going to the free throw line. So, you know, even though they shot, it was a very strong defensive game, even though both teams shot under 40%, just seemed that they shot the three a little bit better in Miami, but it's just not enough especially when you're shooting 57% from the free throw line. And the guy that you're playing against shoots more free throws than you by himself. That just, that yeah. just that shows us a lack of aggression. Yeah, and, and Jimmy Butler too. I mean, because it, you, we, we pile on, uh, uh, I guess, uh, Jason Tatum for kind of trying to get to that superstar level and then having a 10-point game. Um, obviously, there could be some injuries things going into this with Jimmy Butler, but that, that's this is uh, consistent with him too, is that you know this is kind of why he's – 
maybe not level A as far as superstars in the NBA is that he has these performances for now and then. And it's, it's almost more understandable. He just wasn't aggressive, though. And I, I think, you know, ultimately put up 14 shots. So part of it was, you know, he just wasn't feeling himself that night. But, um, you know, it, it, they're, they're not going to be doing too well if he's not going off. That, all that being said, you know, they did win the game in the third uh, game three without him. But they built up the big three, big lead with him. So, um, you know, you just need your stars to, to play out in, in the one in thing there. also to watch mm-hmm. sorry Bach it, it was some hesitation I think the the one thing also to watch is Jalen Brown who took more shots than Jason Tatum who was more effective uh just didn't play to his level how is he gonna rebound so you you definitely you know when you hit hit the road again on this next trip you're gonna want those two clicking on cylinders you don't want to be on the road and and have one of your your top guys down and not playing well, or you're going to need a Horford to step up, or uh, you're going to need someone Pritchard or somebody to definitely fill in, or Marcus Smart. But they need to when you hit the road, you want to have your best players playing their best ball. Okay. Yeah, and and it's and it's been all all postseason here for Boston, where like you know it's different guys are stepping up on different nights. Derek White scored like the first nine points of the game, stepping in for Marcus Smart last night. So, uh, you know, can they get kind of that continuing moving forward? And we'll just yeah. see who's healthy in this series. It's hard to really predict. Um, is Tyler Hero going to be back? Robert Williams is always going to be on minutes restriction. Is Marcus Smart going to be back? Um, do you with you know obviously tied up three games left, two of them in Miami. Uh, do you favor the Heat because that home court advantage? Or do you think Boston, when they get going, is the most complete team? That's why a lot of people still feel that way, but they just they seem to not really turn it on until they really need to. I still think Boston is going to win this series. Uh, I think to not have Tyler Heroes can hurt them. I think Jimmy Butler, depending on what his injury situation is, uh, and not having Tyler Hero could hurt them. Um, I, I just I just think overall Boston on both sides of the ball defensively and have more offensive power to be able to pull this series out. So um, I could see them clipping them on this game. I still think it could probably go seven, but if they, if they go back to Boston, if I'm Boston, I'm, I'm leaving everything on the line. I'm dying on the court. If I have to, to make sure this does not go back to Miami. Yeah, for Game 7. Uh, also, tonight is Game 4 for, for Dallas and Golden State. Has not been a competitive series. It looks like uh, Luka's uh, help isn't helping him as much, for one thing. And maybe it's just not quite enough for a loaded Warriors squad. Uh, is there any way that, that they can get the win tonight and, and, and push this thing forward? Or do you think this series is all but done? I saw a quote from uh, Luka the other day about talking about how he's 23 and still learning. And you just kind of go, well, geez, that sounds like... That's a defeatist. That sounds yeah. defeated, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a defeatist. That that's not a normal statement that he would normally have. Um, but if if my pride would be kicking in like no other in that situation, that you don't ever want to get sweeped in a conference finals. Yeah. It is one of the worst feelings to to have. You you know, I, I think we lost in six when I got there in Boston. You don't you you still want to be able to put forth the effort. Um, the problem with that is. You you definitely don't want to do it at home. You know what I mean? You got a you got a home game. The crowd's going to be up for you. Um, I understand when you look at this statistic, no team has ever overcome a 3-0 deficit to win an NBA playoff. I think that kind of can creep into your mind 
but still you've got to look at it individually as each game take one game at a time and you just never know what could happen i just think that there's just too much power over there um right now i've seen golden state kind of just coast and they'll give away a game and then they'll come back and blow the doors off of you we saw that uh, in memphis but um yeah I, I think i think this series if I'm Steve Kerr, I'd want to be sitting at home watching Boston and um, uh, Boston and uh, Miami beat themselves up, bro. Yeah. That, that's how I would I would really just want to just get this done, go back home, relax, and then uh, see who comes out of it and see who's got to come to me or where I got to go. Yeah, I thought it was kind of funny, too, because as you kind of follow what, what people are saying, Reggie Bullock said something about, like, you know, they're not going to – they're not going to lose again. Obviously, they can't. So, you know, he's just trying to toe the company line there. And you're like, dude, you were 0 of 10 last game. <laughs> like, you, it's up to you. You need to hit those open shots. So, I guess that, you know. They were open. Too. Yeah. And and it's been that way. They, they've basically just, like, frozen up. Bertans and and, uh, and, and Maxie don't, Kleber don't have, you know, they're tall. They have length. They can provide that sort of thing. And that's why they can play. But they're stretch four and fives that aren't shooting because they're not confident right now. I mean, they're, they're completely mm-hmm. out of their game. So, you know, it's just... It, Dinwiddie and Brunson always are, 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 are Dinwiddie not always, but more often than not are there. Um, but they are up and down. They're not your A level players. So I still kind of see that team as like Luca needs a third guy, and then everybody else in the rotation just if they drop down what they what is expected from them, they'd be there. They just need that next guy. Yep. And so you know when they got rid of Porzingis, Dinwiddie's not quite um, that star power, but you know he'd be a good third, I think. Uh, and he and he's, yeah. he's been well yeah. off the bench, but uh, we'll kind of see how that goes if they can get that through tonight. Uh, the other thing to make fun of is the Lakers, <laughs> because I like to make fun of the Lakers. Is that they're uh, yeah they're they're in a lot of temper. Juwan Howard, um, for us Big Ten fans, they're happy to see him. Although if he gets another fight with another coach, I don't know how long he'll stay there in Ann Arbor. But in any case, um, the he's he's turning down interest. This isn't even an interview. He just he doesn't want to be in the mix for the Lakers job. It's it's very weird whenever this job comes open because it's like man, that's got to be like that's. I don't like the Lakers, but most people, you know, in the basketball world, that's like the peak job. That's like as good a job as you can get. But situationally, over the last several years, and they've turned over a lot of different coaches since Phil Jackson, um, it's not a great job, and it doesn't look like it again. So Juwan Howard turns it down. I think just about everybody um, that, you know, I mean, because I, I'd seen some of the other finalists, they're talking about Terry Stotts. That's Frank Vogel again. You're not going to have a lot of patience with him. Darvin Ham, Darvin Ham maybe as a first-time head coach could kind of ride through it and you, you kind of see what happens there, and he looks like the favorite at this point. But the, they just don't have any draft capital moving forward. It uh, looks like teams want whatever's to, left. To 2028. Yeah. To 2028. And teams that are going to take on yeah. Russell Westbrook, reportedly, the report is they want a first-round draft pick. So whatever, you know, the 2028 first-round pick, first round pick yeah. it's just they're digging themselves deeper yeah. there. Um, what do you do? I mean, you, you almost have to trade LeBron. Um, because I'm, or what if he decides to leave you with uh, AD there who doesn't, you know, not a lot of cap space, not a lot of, you know, so it's just a mess. And, uh, I don't see any, any the big time coach. Of his that, moves. Yeah. The cycle of his moves. I think they should the have kept Frank Vogel moves, to be honest. You, you could bank on that. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how the Lakers, uh, thing has completely turned around. The other well, note, I, here's what oh, I will say, but we're getting a delay, but yeah. listen, we're going to work through it. But here's what I will say. I, I um, Juwan Howard, like this, this coaching opportunity 
is is like you're digging your own grave because these guys um, are situationally, as you said, are in trouble. Um, not just for a few years, but for a lot of years, right? So you're going to need guys that are going to be able to handle those different egos and those different mentalities in that in that room. Then you're going to have to find some veteran that'll be able or want to take that are solid that will want to take the minimum to go into what everybody and all the pundits have been saying is a cesspool. Then you've got to get young talent to say, I want to stay here because I just want to be able to play in this type of scenario. You got to have all that happen. And I just don't see it. And so if I'm Juwan, I'm saying no way that would literally probably kill yourself. Now they threw out a few names, Darvin Ham, I think could be a solid guy. Uh, He's been there in the LA area before, so I'm sure he's familiar, but the one that I think they threw out that would be interesting and someone who would take that job and I think would be good in it is probably Sam Cassell. Hmm. Oh yeah. He's a, and he's not, he, I don't think they've interviewed him. I don't think he's in there in the running, but someone like him who would get their respect, who has won championships who has the gift of gab and the, and the ability to communicate. Um, I think Sam Cassell would be a type that they would need yeah. if they're going to try to make this work. I, I, I like what you're saying about the egos there because that's absolutely what you're going to have to, to hold there. If, if somebody doesn't have an ego before they're on the Lakers, they can get one pretty quickly <laughs> out there in La La Land too. So it's not just the high, you know, the, the, the LeBron and, and Russell and all those, which it's hard enough. I mean, Russell Westbrook and his battle with Frank Vogel was almost just silly um, because they could never get on the same page. Um, but, uh, you know, so that that's, that's just part of the deal. Uh, how about this? In, in news of us getting older, uh, Louisville has hired Milt Wagner, a 1986 NBA draft pick and a grandfather of a former Louisville star. Um, actually, they're, they're trying to recruit the number one basketball recruit, DJ Wagner. Um, DeJuan Wagner. Yeah, DeJuan yeah. Wagner is the is the middle <laughs> middle ground here. So Milt Wagner is DeJuan Wagner's son. DeJuan Wagner's uh, or Milt Wagner is DeJuan Wagner's father. DeJuan Wagner's uh, son is DJ Wagner, the number one recruit coming up here. And so Louisville's kind of get out in front of it because they got a big battle with Kentucky to probably try to get him, or it kind of depends on who it is. But hire the grandpa, maybe you got a chance there. But I was just kind of surprised to see DeJuan Wagner's son is already moving up the ranks. You probably played with DeJuan for a few years. His, his NBA career was cut short, but um, I, I just did not expect to see that. And then the other thing is like, okay, they, they said a, a grandpa, you know, they hired the grandpa, so I'm thinking, okay, he must have played a long, long time ago. 1986! That doesn't feel like that long ago, so it's like, man, I'm just getting older here. (laughs) Yeah, that was just before me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I mean, listen, those are are the kind of moves that I think colleges are smart to make. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, mean, don't think we didn't try to do it with, uh, you know, (laughs) Viola. Yeah, that looks like there might be (laughs) something there to it. Don't think we didn't try to do it. And you never know. It still is. You know, those communications, he goes and he – doesn't feel it, the vibe wherever he may go or may choose. And then you've always got that little, you know, card in your pocket to say, hey, we might be able to drag you over here at some point. 
Yeah. Never know. Not a, not a bad move. As long as he kind of knows what he's doing. And, you know, he's played in the NBA. He's got a son that has too. So uh, he probably kind of knows what he's yep. doing in that role. But we'll kind of see how that turns around. Sometimes, I, I kind of wonder sometimes if those roles are even real. It's just like, here, come be a brand ambassador, which means uh, we'll just give you tickets and come sit at the game or something, you know. So who really knows? But uh, that's kind of funny. Uh, well, let's get into Shootout with Strick coming up next here. Uh, call the Honda of Lincoln hotline right now, 402-464-5685. The first to do so. It's a competitive call. The first to do so will have a chance on Shootout with Strick today. Uh, I don't know if we're doing balloon trivia or what we're doing, but some sort of trivia coming up. Uh, you don't have to be an expert. It's either or questions, and then the final question, the money ball, is uh, is opening, and it's worth two points, but uh, you should usually be able to throw a guess out there right before the buzzer rings. So give us a call, 402-464-5685. First one to do so will get in line to play Shootout with Strick coming up next here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. <laughs> 